0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't last on the Savage Podcast.
2: However bad it is here, however annoying our sex culture is, however puritanical people can be however hypocritical people can be we will always have this it ain't as bad as it is in saudi arabia <laughs> i know that's not saying much you know like my apartment's nicer than that apartment building across the street which is on fire well yeah of course it would be however nice the apartment building across the street was the minute it started to burn down yours is nicer well that's kind of how i feel about saudi arabia Uh, this guy went on tv a saudi man went on arabic television station outside of saudi arabia and boasted about all the women he's nailed which wouldn't be a crime here you could go on tv and boast about all the women you've nailed you might seem like a cad or not depending on how you framed your boasting but here's what wouldn't happen you wouldn't be arrested you wouldn't be imprisoned you wouldn't be prosecuted you wouldn't be flogged Mazin abdul jawad jawad (laughs) sorry i shouldn't be laughing the man's in mortal peril uh Went on TV and talked about all the girls he's nailed since he was 14 and how he manages to pick up women in the Saudi kingdom where women basically live their entire lives in family compounds slash uh, sexual apartheid prisons. And he discussed all the ways he manages to score chicks and blah, blah. And now he's now there are calls for him to be imprisoned and flogged and prosecuted. He went on TV and issued a tearful and I'm sure heartfelt apology because he's scared to death of being imprisoned and flogged. <laughs> And reading this story in the BBC, I just read it and went dang, however bad it is here at times, and I rail against the bad here, however bad it is here. At least we can lie and boast and tell the truth and be protected by the First Amendment and however hard their the religious right uh and the Christianists and their holy water carrying douchebags in our uh in Washington DC how aggressive they are they haven't actually uh attempted to criminalize bragging they've come after you know uh abortion rights they've come after gay rights and gay marriage and they're attacking birth control but they haven't gotten around to uh, to an attempt to criminalize bragging it oh they will here because they really are theocrats just like the theocrats around saudi arabia Uh, and if we give them abortion rights and allow them to rescind them if we allow them to uh Stigmatized permanently and, and, and in the law, gays and lesbians in our relationships. If we allow them to reclassify uh, all birth controls as uh, abortion methods so that they can ban them, too, they'll come after bragging sooner or later. But right now, we got it a little better than that building across the street that's on fire. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit AdamandEve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout.
0: Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 25-year-old woman who has been married for three years to a man that I've been with for seven years, which is a really long time. Um, My question is this. Uh, my husband really really wants me to pee while we're having sex like while he's actually penetrating me and I have a really hard time trying to do this not because I have a problem with like water sports or peeing or playing I mean I can pee for him outside I do all sorts of things um, to turn him on surrounding his pee fetish Um, but I just can't seem to get my body to cooperate while he's actually fucking me. And we've tried, like, a lot of different things. Um, So I wondered if you had any advice, and I'd appreciate it if you could help me with this.
1: Hi.
2: Hi, is this a bad time?
1: Um, No, I'm in um, Michael's.
2: The craft store. <laughs> what if better play? What a more, more wholesome environment could there, there possibly be to, to converse about what it is we wanted to talk to you about?
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: So the husband oh. has a pee fetish. Yes, he does. Or he's into piss. Pee sounds so juvenile. We like to say into piss. It sounds more manly. Yeah, water porn. Uh, and you accommodate him, it sounds like, in lots of ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You pee here and there. You pee on him, presumably, at times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and... You're just, the, the last thing, sort of the holy uh, golden grail is, he wants you to lose control of your bladder, just urinate during sex. Yes.
1: And I try so hard, and sometimes I think I overthink it, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I've tried, you know, a little libations to get me going,
2: and... Full bladder, but that just makes it uncomfortable, uh, does it not? Yeah. It to be yeah. full during sex. I, I don't think that this is doable, you know, but you know, I'm going to throw this out there to other callers who 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 may have been down this road. But I know from my personal sex life, which doesn't involve necessarily peeing on people or women particularly, yeah. that uh, when you're aroused and you're going at it and you have to pee, it just creates discomfort. But it's very difficult to do anything but you know excuse yourself for a moment, and go to the bathroom, and sort of mm. become unaroused so <laughs> that you can let go. We put a in. What?
1: Um, we sort of worked that feeling and that into the foreplay. Um, that, I think, is what really turned him on. That feeling like, I I want to go, but he won't let me go. And then...
2: Um, so there's a dom-sub aspect to this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and he wants you to lose control. Like, he wants to deny you the right to pee and be fucking you and for you to just not be able to obey him anymore and not hold back yeah. anymore.
1: Yes. That's what he really, really...
2: Wants. And
1: so I've tried many, many times, and I, I think I was kind of successful once, but probably not the way that he really wished I was. And I think, for me, it's like a muscle memory thing, because when, you know, like, okay, so there's a tampon inside you, you can still pee. So presumably, a dick is just kind of like a big tampon,
2: right? Yeah, but in your aroused state... And they're screaming children all over the store. I think it's hilarious we're having this conversation in this aroused state. Though you know, all your clitoral tissues are, are swollen, and that may be putting pressure on your urethra or, or, or clamping off different things that, that, that are making it, making it not possible. Have you considered catheterization? No. <laughs> you laugh and you sound so dubious. I just had a
1: baby, Dan, and that's um, who you heard. What? I've- I just had a baby, and that's who you heard, and I have a catheter, and no way in hell.
2: <laughs> no. I was just throwing that out there because no would be no way for him to... Have you ever had a catheter? Uh, Yes, I have, um, and that's I don't fun. necessarily want to have one again, uh, no. either. I've also had a baby, and I don't want to have one again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't push it out of my own loins, so no. uh, no. don't claim your pain. Well, I just thought you know that would be a way for him to be completely in control of when and how you're mm. in. That's true. That's true. But
1: you know what, And he's... there are
2: people who do engage in catheter play. If you go to medicaltoys.com, you can buy all sorts of <gasps> catheter play equipment. Wild.
1: The other thing I, I had a question
2: about is. Now, don't you you're pissing all over your husband? now you you're not allowed to be shocked at people who engage in catheter play cause there are people who are listening who aren't into piss who are shocked at you. Oh, it's
1: it's not shocking. It's that. For me, I associate that with, like, pain (laughs) and, and, you know, a healthy amount of pain I'm okay with, but that level of pain, no thank you. So it's my own negative.
2: Well, I would urge you to keep at it, then. Just keep trying, and hopefully some people who are listening uh, who've been down this road and managed to achieve what you have not yet managed to achieve will call with their pointers for you.
1: Yeah, maybe they can tell me, like, what positions or tips and also where to find good pee porn because I don't really know, and I... You know, I I would love to
2: find some more. It Um, sounds like you're as into this now as the husband always has been.
1: Well,
3: I I love
1: seeing him turned on, and he's never more turned on than when, you know, there's this aspect of our sex
2: life. Well, you get the GGG Merit Badge of the Week, then. Well, thank you, Dan Savage. You're welcome, and thanks very much for your call.
4: (laughs) Thanks. bye Hi, Dan. I'm a 27 year old straight female who was just subjected to some very, very, I guess from my vanilla, vanilla perspective, very, very strange, um, sadism. The guy that I was with was particularly interested in uh, choking me by any means necessary. And I guess that might've been all right. Um, if we had had some kind of pre-conversation, but the strange thing is, this is someone that I've known uh, for four years and, uh, We've been in bed a number of times, and this has never come up until now. Um, And I guess I just wanted to ask uh, whether a particular fetishization of of choking and gagging is very common in sadism. And this is, uh, I guess, a new leaf that he's turned over. Um, Well, I don't know. I guess it just, I was really left wondering whether he was going to try to kill me at at one point, and I'm having trouble processing that.
2: I don't think choking was the point here. I think terrorizing you and terrifying you was the point here, which is a kind of sadism that's not okay, that doesn't get the savage love seal of approval. Uh, we have discussed choking uh, and asphyxiation very recently on this fine program, and I read this, and I'm going to read it again. Uh, it's from Mr. Mati- Mistress Matisse's column, Control Tower, which runs in The Stranger, and she's quoting author Jay Wiseman, who wrote SM 101, A Realistic Guide, and he writes, I know of no way whatsoever that suffocation or strangulation or choking can be done that does not intrinsically put the recipient at risk of cardiac arrest. I know of no reliable way to determine when such a cardiac arrest becomes imminent. If the recipient does arrest, the probability of resuscitating them, even with optimal CPR, is small. So we're officially con choking and that kind of violent breath play here at Savage Lovecast." That said, again, this wasn't about choking. This was about that look in your eyes when you began to wonder if he was really going to kill you. So next time it might not be choking. Next time it might be a knife at your throat or something else, uh, non-consensual, that he sprung on you. I would not see this guy again if I were you, ever. He is an unsafe, untrustworthy, emotionally sadistic piece of shit. And you shouldn't fuck him ever again. And what he pulled was inexcusable, uh, non-consensual. And if he has an interest that's just in choking, con choking here at the Savage Love Cast. But that is something you need to negotiate in advance with someone. You don't spring uh, death play on anybody. You don't spring a rape scenario on somebody uh, during sex. You don't spring a scenario where they're in mortal fear of their lives during sex on somebody. You can engage in all that kind of play so long as it's pre-negotiated and it's consensual and everything has been discussed in advance and the bottom knows what to expect and how far it's going to go. What he did to you is inexcusable. And again, you should not excuse him. You should dismiss him. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout.
5: Hi Dan. Um, I've been in a relationship for almost seven months now and you know, after doing some soul searching I figured out that it this wasn't meant to be i am not really in love with her anymore. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the problems is she is prone to overreact a lot. Um, she overreacts she makes mountains out of molehills, if you will. Um, so my question is how or is there a way to pick up with someone who overreacts to small things um, without upsetting her too much or kind of minimizing the damage?
2: No. I really have nothing else to say. You're dating a drama queen. Uh, she's obviously used her overreacting as a, a lever to control you, perhaps successfully at times, because uh, now you live in fear of prompting those overreactions. And you're just fucked. There's nothing you can do. You just have to say, it's over, I'm leaving, and let Old Faithful blow. There's nothing you can do about it.
3: Hey, Dan. 22-year-old gay male uh, in Iowa. And my problem is that I'm ticklish. And it's not so much that just any sort of touching, but every time anyone touches me, whether it's sex or out of sex, I'm squirming and giggly, And while it's cute and endearing at first, I think most people get a little perturbed when we're actually having sex. And so I don't like being tied down. So that's not an option for me either. I'm not new at this, but it just doesn't go away and it doesn't get any better. And it's kind of making sex a little difficult.
2: Maybe you could try an antihistamine. Maybe you could try hypnosis. Maybe you could try at least at first with the guys that you go to bed with a sort of, I'm going to touch you and you're not going to touch me rule, which means you have to tell them that you have this problem, and one of the ways you can work around it, at least initially in your sexual contact with other guys, is to be the toucher and not the touched, uh, so that you're making love to them and they're not touching you. So you say that you've tried being tied down yourself. I would suggest that you try tying the other guy down yourself, and then you can act upon him, and uh, he can't act upon you. Good luck.
3: Hey, I'm Seth. I am having a problem I've never had in a relationship before. I need your help. Um, I'm in a really good, healthy relationship that's communicative, and the guy's really good to me, and all the good, healthy things that you need are there. Um, but unfortunately, lately, he's been gaining weight, and I, he's just less attractive to me, and I don't know what to do about it because I don't want to make him feel bad, but at the same time, I feel selfishly a little bit resentful because I feel like I work to keep my body looking good, um, and to be attractive, and because I care about my appearance and the way that he thinks about the way I look, um, and he's just been eating really poorly. He doesn't really... There's not an underlying emotional issue. I don't think he's just eating too much, um, and I don't know. And I don't know if this is a, a mirror of my own eating issues um, that I think most women in America struggle with a lot, but anyways, help, I don't know what to do. My partner is gaining weight, and not attractive to me. I don't know how to dress without so making him feel really bad.
2: You say you have a good relationship with this guy and it's communicative, meaning you communicate well with each other and you can say what's on your mind. I don't see why you shouldn't just speak up about this. Tell him that you keep yourself in shape and looking good out of consideration for him and his feelings uh, for you. And you don't have to say, and you're a fat piece of shit or look at what you're eating. All you have to say is I expect the same consideration in return. You might want to, if he's a sensitive new age guy, if he's a bit of a, you know, whipped pussy, you might want to throw out at him that you want an egalitarian relationship where the sexes are equals. And so the sort of cultural expectation that the wife or the woman uh, in the relationship is always going to maintain her looks out of deference to the man while he turns into Job of the Hut is not going to fly in your relationship and in your home, that you want that to be mutual, not for you to turn into you know uh, job s the hut and him to turn into the job of the hut but for the both of you out of consideration for each other and to maintain the, the the sexual attraction and the spark that brought you together so that you're banging away you know for decades so that when time and gravity comes for you as they do for us all and you're both transformed into hideous old trolls there'll be enough sort of stores of affection and sense memories about the shared physical pleasures to get you over the changing diapers stage in your 80s and 90s and get you through it so just go to him just like rip off the band-aid just say here i am eating right uh getting exercise uh not so i can be a size zero stick figure model it's not about that but so that i can feel healthy and be attractive for you and all i'm asking is the same from you for me it's not unreasonable and if he has a little hissy fit about it let him but the words will sink in hopefully he'll make some
5: changes Hey, Dan. Uh, my name is Jamie. I'm a 25-year-old, uh, straight male. Um, I have a problem where when my uh, wife tags me, uh, for a couple of days afterwards, I have, like, uh, clear diarrhea. I looked this up online, and it's um, it called something like mucus. <laughs> or I, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, uh, I looked it up online, it says it's a, a symptom of irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, but I only seem to get it whenever I get pegged.
2: It could be an abundance of rectal mucus, uh, the production of which was you know, inspired by uh, the ass banging that you took from the wife with her strap-on dildo. It could also be, if you're doing the right thing and using lots of lube, what you put in your butt eventually comes back out of your butt, and you may just be passing the stores of lube that your wife packed in there for you, uh, for your comfort. That's all going to come back out and it's going to come back out as sort of quote unquote clear diarrhea, perhaps clear diarrhea mixed with some of your already present, healthy, uh, necessary rectal mucus. Um, unless, it's, uh, unless there's blood in it or it's so excessive uh, that you're literally dashing to the toilet constantly over two days and it's coming out in pints, I wouldn't stress about it.
6: Hi, Dan. This is Rachel calling from Washington, D.C. Um, I have a question for you. My boyfriend um, and I, we were together for over four years. We lived together for over three years. And about two months ago, we decided that we were going to take a break because neither one of us was fully committed to taking the step forward and getting married. Uh, So we took that break. I had a lot of fun, um, and but I wasn't ready to get back together with him. But after a month we had this little summit to figure out what each of us had learned and he decided he wanted to see over for good. Uh of course at that point I was pretty surprised, um, because there was nothing really wrong in our relationship. And it was a great relationship. Uh, we both are attracted to each other. We both really love each other. We get along very, very well. Um, there's like a... I mean, it was it was, by all intents and purposes great. Um, I think each of us is a little bit scared about marriage, and I think that's why maybe we had uh, trouble taking the plunge. Anyway, so since that um, final break, of course, everything... I think about now is, oh my God, how was I ever not sure? This is the guy for me. This is it. He's the one. And, um, but I'm not talking with him because I feel like a clean break is the best. Um, but we did chat the other day, um, due to logistics of moving stuff. And, you know, he said that he still really loves me, that he thought we had a great relationship, that he's, physically very attracted to me still, that he had fun when we were together. You know, all the respect, all that stuff is there, but that he's not 100% certain that we would make it through the stressful times in a marriage. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Who is? Um, But, you know, I don't know if I should try to convince, you know, if I should just say, you know, screw him. If he doesn't want to marry me, whatever. Or if I should, you know, at some point in the future, call him up and be like, look, you're throwing this away. This is a stupid concern. Of all the concerns you could have, nobody's 100% certain that they're going to make it. You just give it your best shot. That's all you can do. Um, but I have my pride. I mean, I don't want to come, you know, begging this guy back. Uh, anyway, so you're a very wise man. And I just thought that I would get your take on the matter.
2: Mixed signals. Who knows what's going on in his head? But he's sending you mixed signals. Lots of guys do. Lots of girls do that uh, when they break up. I love you. It was great. It was great because they want to let you down easy, or they want not to hurt your feelings on the way out the door. So they don't say they don't. They never give you the real reason that you're being dumped because they don't want to be cruel. They don't want to tell you <laughs> it's because you know you put on three hundred pounds. They don't want to tell you it's because you're something about your character offends them so tremendously that they just can't possibly see being with you for the rest of their lives. And that can be cruel because then you feel like, well, why is this ending? It's all perfect. He's telling me it's perfect as it's ending, as he's ending it. What's your, He must be nuts. Why would he give me up? Uh, I'm obviously the one because our relationship is perfect in every possible way, and yet he's dumping me uh, because he hasn't told me anything about our relationship that's unsatisfactory. The onus falls on you as the dumpy to look for the real reasons uh, if you're the person dumping you is too cowardly or considerate to tell you what the real reasons might be or to infer them or just to assume them, just to go, well, obviously on some level it didn't work for him and he's not going to tell me what that is or or what the problem is, but it must be there. Otherwise, he wouldn't be ending it. And then you make the clean emotional break. But who knows? Maybe he's just one of those guys with that – fear of commitment thing, fear of marriage thing, the stuff he's telling you about whether you'll make it all your lives. Yeah, you, you diagnose all of that correctly. Uh, you never know. You give it your best shot. If you make it all your life, you make it all your life. If you don't, you don't. What I would tell you to do is fuck your pride. Obviously, you've got you know a bit of a hang-up. You're, you're hung up on this guy, because he might be the one. Um, and we'll get to the one in a second. But you don't want, you know, you got your pride. Fuck your pride. Call him up and say, look... The reasons you've given me for dumping me, for ending this relationship seem pretty bullshit. So I just wanted to say that if in the next few years you have a change of heart and you realize that I am the one and that you were a fool for letting my ass go, give me a buzz because I'd still be open to dating you again and seeing uh, what might come of us again. But I'm not going to hang out in my apartment waiting for that call sobbing and downing pints of ben and jerry's i'm gonna get out there and live my life and meet other guys so you might not want to wait forever because if you wait two three years i might be involved with someone else and over your ass by then and not available and then you've just put that in his head and then then you go and you date other fucking guys and you have other fucking relationships and if somebody else comes along who's as good or better marry him if he's ready for the commitment that you that you want and that you're looking for. Which brings us back to the one. There is no one. There are only some who will do. Some who are close enough that we can round them up to the one. Um, there's no, don't live the rest of your life going, the perfect guy got away. My one, my perfect match. That was him. And he well, obviously it wasn't your perfect match or he wouldn't have left. You find another guy down the road who is as good or better than he was. And you forget about him and marry that guy and let him be the one, you know, there is no, the one there's the one at the time. And he was the one at that time that you thought you could be with for the rest of your life. And another one will come along who will be the one that you can be with for the rest of your life. So long as you're not invested in this bullshit notion that out of the 35 billion men on the planet. There's only one perfect match for you. Not true.
5: Hey Dan, how's it going? Um I uh have a problem. The issue of the problem is that um my girlfriend of three years and I just broke up. The reason her reasoning was that uh, she's starting to develop feelings for this other guy who happens to be a good friend of mine. Um and I kind of saw this happening um For a while, you know, I saw the two of them kind of sidling up to one another. But uh, when she told me that she wanted to break up, she explained that they had pretty much just made out, but uh, nothing much else really happened. And as far as I know, that's pretty much the truth of it. Um, And since then, he has decided to go back to his original girlfriend. So she got left out in the cold. Um, I'm not sure whether that's the primary reason or not, but for the past three or four weeks, we've been kind of hooking up, getting back together and doing a little bit of like a fuck buddy kind of easy breakup, possibly making it a harder breakup kind of thing. As far as I can tell, if we let this thing roll on forward, it's going to end up with the two of us back together. And one of the other of us has to kind of, you know, have the balls to turn it into a cold turkey breakup, and I'm not really feeling like that, but who knows. The wrinkle in the whole story, though, is that uh, (laughs) I have uh, developed a bit of a fetish for girls with big muscles, and my girlfriend um, is really GGG about that whole thing, and uh, she... She works out a bit and, uh, you know, we play around. It's definitely a power dynamic thing and I like it a lot, but it's unlikely I'm going to be able to find something like that in another girl. Um, and even in other aspects, like we are really sexually compatible and we get along, we have similar interests and all that stuff. I just want to know what you think.
2: Here's what I think happened. You were with this girl And she got a crush on this other guy, this friend of yours, Uh, because he was hot, because he was there, because people's desires can't be really uh, contained in just one other human being that all of us develop, even if we're monogamous committed relationships, we'll develop crushes on other people at some times uh, during our lives. And unfortunately for your relationship with this girl, she didn't feel that she could pursue this guy without ending it with you because that's what good and decent people do. They don't fuck around on their partners. And then when that didn't work out, she returned to you, which leads me to believe not that, you know, you're the consolation prize or she will settle for you. It leads me, you know, with my prejudices To assume that you guys were good together and are good together and should have been together the whole time she pursued this thing with this other guy, maybe, perhaps. You know, she had a crush on this guy, wanted to act on it, ended it with you so she could act on it, acted on it, didn't work out, came back to you. Wouldn't it have been better for all concerned and less drama and heartache if perhaps you two had a non-monogamous relationship, if you had a commitment and you were boyfriend and girlfriend, but she and perhaps you too had permission to, you know to go off the reservation every once in a while to pursue something with someone else every once in a while under a certain set uh you know parameters around safety and consideration with someone else cuz then you know she could have gone and banged this other guy acted on her attraction to him uh, acted on her crush on him without having to end the relationship with you which clearly is a good and decent relationship that maybe shouldn't end. It should just be a different sort of relationship with a different kind of commitment, you know, which brings me to, uh, your fetish in a way, you know, you have this fetish for girls with a big muscles. She's accommodating. She works out. It sounds like she indulges you. That's not something you want to throw away. And if uh, the deal you guys can strike around being mutually GGG is you understand that her heart <laughs> can't be, Contain, you know, her desires all can't be contained or satisfied in this one relationship uh, with you alone. And so, not, not. I don't want to make this sound commercial or, or like you're bartering, but she accommodates your goofy fetish. Perhaps you can accommodate her desire clearly to have or be with more than just one man every once in a while, uh, and you can let uh, a little non-monogamy in around the edges, uh, just as she. Accommodates your desire for GGG. I, I wish I could have gotten you on the phone. Tried to call you back because you say that part of what goes on here is a power dynamic. You know, strong, powerful woman. You know, perhaps she's strong, powerful, masculine uh, woman, and, and, and you know, you could buy, that could be a part of the whole uh, eroticization of her occasionally sleeping with other people is an expression, in a way, of that. Uh, of her power, um, and you know acknowledging it and letting her have it instead of threatening your relationship could actually tap into if you conceive of it the right way, tap into your fetish for uh, for for powerful women you know that perhaps she has more control and more uh, leeway uh, and rights in the relationship sexually than you do, and rather than that being destabilizing, that can actually help to bond you if your fetish around powerful women somehow vibes with a desire uh, on your part to be submissive um, uh, or, you know, in a less powerful position in the relationship, which you could certainly hardwire into a non-monogamous commitment with someone uh, like your girlfriend. Wish you luck.
7: Hi, Dan. I'm calling because I am head over heels in love with this amazing person, but I have a few problems. First of all, he has no idea how I feel about him. Second of all, he has a girlfriend of less than a year, so I'm thinking maybe that's something we can overcome. Uh, but the real problem is that he is a very good friend of my brother's, and that's how I know him. Um, I've known this guy my basically my whole life, but we don't see each other all that much, but we spent you know enough time for me to know that I basically want to marry him and have his babies. Um, I told my brother how I feel. He didn't freak out but he also wasn't, like, pushing me out the door to go profess my love to, to his friend. Um, and at this point, I basically decided that I have to tell this guy. I mean, it's just sort of purgatory, purgatory to not tell him at this point because, you know, I'm dating other guys, and I'm kind of unable to give them a fair shot and approach anything else with a totally open mind because I have this constant, you know, thought about somebody else in the back of my head. And my question to you is, what is the best way to tell this guy? I don't want to, you know, blurt out I love you because that seems a little nuts at this point, but I do want to, you know, be totally honest and tell him just how much I care about him. And, you know, if it was just a tiny little crush, then I, you know, would probably just get over it and not, you know, put him in a position where he has to think about how to handle... This crazy younger sister type versus, you know, the friendship, the very long-time friendship he has with my brother.
2: This guy does not feel the same way about you that you feel about him. I feel like I can say that with some certainty uh, based on two things, your brother's reaction and uh, his inaction, not your brother's, this guy. I really believe that if, you know, a really close friend of your brother's that you've known all your life was attracted to you and had been attracted to you, uh, all the low, all these years that your brother might've known about that. And so might've said something when you confessed to your brother, but he also might've acted on it at some point. You know, he's only been with this girl for a year. You're 24. That means when you were 23, you were both single. Uh, and it never occurred to him to go to your brother and say, mind if I ask your sister out or just to ask you out. So, you know, I'd say there's about a 0.01% chance, Uh, that he returns your feelings and he feels the same way about you and has just been so conflicted and didn't want to seem like he was macking on his good friend's younger sister and so he never said anything and he's pining away in this relationship that's totally unsatisfying because it's not with you blah 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 it's an unlikely uh scenario but you know within the realm of possibility which is why i think you should just you know go and tell him when people say he has no idea how i feel about him usually that's because you've never taken the risk of telling that person how you feel about him. Uh, you are setting yourself up for rejection here, but I think it's a rejection that you need to hear, uh, and so do you. You agree with me here, so that you can look at the guys you are dating who are uh, possibilities, not as uh, you know temporary guys you're going to diddle and entertain yourself with until your brother's good friend comes around and, and marries you, but as potential life partners and boyfriends and husbands. Um, You won't see them like that until you know, obviously, that there is no chance whatsoever for any future with this friend of your brother's. The only way to settle that matter once and for all, the only way to find that out for sure is to go to the friend of your brother's and ask him. Tell him how you feel and say, should I live in hope or should I get the fuck over you? 99.9% chance you are going to hear get the fuck over me. I guarantee that when you told your brother how you felt that your brother didn't react positively or negatively because he wanted to protect you from the hurt of rejection. So he didn't tell you what he probably already knows, which is that his friend isn't interested in you perhaps because he's with this other girl and totally besotted Or perhaps because it's come up in some sort of conversation once or twice. Maybe. But I think your brother knows for sure it's not a possibility. Hence his non-reaction. But again, you won't be settled. You won't be satisfied. It won't be a settled matter for you until you hear it from the boy himself. So I would get on the phone so that it's easy to extract yourself from the situation. Just get on the phone with him. Tell him how you feel. Confess and then hear it from his mouth that, uh, you need to get the fuck over him.
7: Hello, this is a comment for the woman who called in episode 143, wanting to know how she could make her erotic imagination blossom. Um, and I definitely agree with you that not necessarily having something crazy and wild is totally fine as long as she's okay with it. Um, but I also wanted to recommend reading erotica, um, www.literotica.com www.lit-erotica, is an amazing free website with lots of genres that she can peruse and see if there's something that piques her interest. Um, and that can be sometimes less threatening than porn, which can be another good way to find out what she might like. That's all. Take care.
2: Thanks very much for the call and the feedback and the recommendation. I went to literatica.com myself just now to check it out. And unfortunately, the very first story I sort of surfed into is called It Was One Elf of a Night, which according to the header is about Santa and his little helper. And then I had to close the website as fast as I possibly could because um, I hold Christmas dear in my heart. I didn't want to destroy it here in August. But uh, other people might want to surf in and see if they have better luck with the first story they happen across. There are lots of of stories at literatica.com. Thanks very much for your call, I think. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question for a future show, leave a callback number in case we want to chat with you. We promise not to broadcast it. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the savage love letter of the day. And me and the tech savvy at-risk youth will be back at you next week with another oxygen-deprived installment of the Savage Lovecast. Talk to you soon.